Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode seven of the <laughs> Speak Out Loud podcast. We're so glad you're joining us again this week. Yes, and we are very cold as we are sitting here. It is currently like 12 degrees outside, and we came into this warm recording studio to try to bring some hope tonight, but we have been freezing. Stacey and I have traveled to the Arctic Circle to (laughs) record this special episode, and so, oh wait, no, it's it's actually Oklahoma, Oklahoma. and it just feels like the Arctic right now, (laughs) and I think it's going to feel like the Arctic for at least another week, so we are (laughs) in the midst of it, and uh, Stacey, I, I I know you personally love cold weather, right? No, and not unless I have snow skis hooked on my feet. That's when I like cold weather. That's when it's worth it for me. And unless you, in case you haven't been to Oklahoma lately, some of our listeners, there are not any mountains in Oklahoma. No, there's not. Skiing right now is is not an option, is it? See my sadness? And I'm the type, too, that when it's cold outside, I'm even colder. Because in the summer, I will wear like a hoodie or a sweatshirt. So when it's winter and it's this cold, uh uh-uh. Yeah. No. I have a little bit uh, more natural kind of built-in warmth than you do, Stacy. that uh, goes with me everywhere I go. But uh, even for me, it's definitely been cold. Well, we know this. We're going to make it through. We talk a lot about resilience on this podcast. and It's our these, time to show it. Exactly. These last two, well, these this last week plus the week ahead and the, uh, the snowmageddon, our weather guys are predicting for Oklahoma uh, is going to test our resilience, but we mm-hmm. know this. We, we know this. we can we can get through it. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, well, hey, we are jumping into an episode today where our topic is something called big lies and big truth. Actually, when we started planning our podcast, gosh, three, four, five months ago, mm-hmm. we started running through some topics we wanted to talk about, and this was one of our original topics that we thought of yeah. and thought we wanted to address. And we thought it'd be really important, I think, for a lot of our listeners, because so often those that struggle with mental health, one of the things that happens is just from mental illness or from other things going on, you know, your lo- your mind can can scream at you kind of or tell you a lot of lies. And I know, Stacy, you've talked a lot about, even on these first few episodes of the podcast, how mm-hmm. that's something as part of your mental illness that your mind just is screaming at you all day long. Yeah, absolutely. And I have gotten tired and kind of to the point where it's no longer cool for me to be shaming myself over it, but rather uh, looking for answers. And our answers, hand down, hands down, are found in Scripture. Yeah. So instead of just continuing to put myself down about it and just go, you know, my mind yells all day and talking about that, I want to hopefully give you some insight on what happens. And when I um, do the opposite of what my mind is screaming, the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes, you know, certainly that is the ultimate truth. And we, you've talked a lot about putting truth into your mind and replacing mm-hmm. some of those lies with truth. But mm-hmm. also that challenge because of mental illness, because of your mental health to maybe even if you've known those things or memorized those things at times, hold on to them. Right. And holding on to them, especially in the dark moments of depression or maybe when just anxiety is taking over, even, you know, as you've talked about really wrestling with some of those lies that the eating disorder um, is, is telling you about food, about your body image, all those things, it's really hard to hold on to those truths. Right. So the main thing that I need to do is have those things 
studied up on and um, have those things in my heart and in my mind. So when I do hit rock bottom, per se, those are the things that flood into my mind. And that way I have a chance to fight and win that battle. Um, Mm -hmm. If I go in and I just don't have a plan or something happens in my life that triggers me, for me to go into that unequipped, I don't win. Yeah. And one of the things for those of you that maybe have a loved one or struggle with mental health, I know, Stacy, we talk about this. You've talked about this with me before, too, that, you know, there are times when um, mental illness does make it hard for you to, I guess, maybe, I don't know if, if have confidence is the right word, but confidence in, okay, what is true? What is reality? What are, you know, what's really, are my thoughts right about this? Mm-hmm. And, and that's somewhere where you bounce things off me a lot. We talk through that. And and I kind of can be not, again, in no way am I perfect or do I have a perfect grasp on reality all the time. But I become that sounding board for you where helps you maybe sometimes understand what is true versus not true, too. Yeah, the water gets pretty murky. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, for lack of a better kind of visual, it can get real murky and muddy in there. And sometimes I go, I can go to a place of... You know, that's true for other people, but I'm an exception to the rule. And the only thing that happens there is I get lower and more lonely and I don't see hope. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to practice doing the opposite so that that way in those times where I do feel like I don't um, have much of a chance to fight my mind, I can. Yeah. One of the words you've used before is that I help translate for you. I'm going to be a translator. And... Again, by no means am I always getting it right, and by no means is my view or my you know, knowledge about something anyway always correct or perfect, but I do think that's a, that's a role I play for you and, and help you with, not all the time, certainly, but in some of those dark, deep moments, I do need to become a translator of, of what's, what is reality, what is true, what, mm-hmm. uh, what, what are those lies, and just even help remind you, you know, that's... That's the lie of the eating disorder. That's the lie of, of depression. That it's it's and I and I, as I hear you tell the story, I I more deeply understand how loud those things are screaming inside your head, and so um, that's where I can step up maybe and and be uh, of help to you. But again, that's that's a, from a flawed person, from a flawed human that loves you, but at the same time, certainly you know has my own weaknesses of how I view things sometimes. So, Stacy, why is this um, both a important topic but also a difficult topic for you as we, we talk about this? I guess one reason is because I think whether you have mental illness or not, we do believe a lot of lies. We believe mm-hmm. what the media says. We believe other people's opinion of us or of, of what we're doing, of our goals, of our dreams, of the, the hopes that we have. And... What we're talking about tonight, um, these lies in particular are ones that I have literally staked my life on for many, many years. So for me to flip around and do the opposite when these are all such familiar things that roll around in my head feels very scary. Um, Anytime I try something new that is good for me or going to prove to be better for me, that God has put in front of us for me to be able to um, help me, I do get scared. Um, Mm -hmm. The familiar, the lies are what I'm used to. So it kind of feels a little bit like I'm jumping off of a cliff, but uh, in this situation, I know who's going to catch me, so it's going to be okay. Yeah. 
Though, but it's still scary. It's still scary. To jump off that cliff. Absolutely. And even have that confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's really fascinating, and I've, again, sometimes have just enough information to be dangerous, but I've had a chance to sit in on a few presentations by, by you know, on kind of neuroscience that 90% of us just going over your head. But uh, through some of the groups I'm, I'm in and a partner with, of about count with counselors, you know, the cognitive therapy we talk a lot about where it's you, you have a medical regimen you take of medicine, but the cognitive therapy where it's the hard work of relearning things, there really is that truth of how, in layman's terms, we have well kind of worn pathways, which those lies can be right. in our brains, mm-hmm. that we have to learn new pathways, which can sometimes be like and feel like you're walking through, uh, you know, waist deep kind of jungle to try to get through there. But as you're blazing that new trail, those new pathways are being formed of right ways of thinking. And this that's amazing is, is how how that fits in with that promise of God from Romans chapter 12, where, you know, if the more we kind of put truth in God's word into our life, God is, is renewing our minds, which I just went right to realizing that's that process of creating kind of new pathways that it's hard work to be a pioneer. It's hard work to blaze a trail. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of times what you're doing is you're, you know, replacing these lies with truth. Mm-hmm. So what's uh, what's one of those lies that's, uh, we're going to talk about several of them, but what's one that's just really been something you've had to wrestle with, Stace? One of the main things that really haunts me at night especially, is that God is disappointed in me for not thinking or processing like other people do. I can be in um, a group or at an event. I could have just spoken. I could have, um, you know, heard about a lot of people's lives who come up to me afterwards. And the enemy just grabbed me up and just go, who do you think you are? And for me to um, not be able to um, sometimes process that well and clearly so that I can really kind of let God take up for me and fight that battle for me. And so um, the lie in that is, uh, or the truth in that, excuse me, the truth in that is that when I buy into the lie that God is disappointed in me um, because my mind is different, it is, I mean, we we know this. It doesn't mean that nobody's mind's worse than mine, but my mind operates very different. Um, that it breaks God's heart. He loves me so much, and He loves you so much that when I believe that, especially when I've done something that I feel like I did for Him, like telling my story, that He cries with me. And when I feel different or my mind doesn't cooperate with me completely, um, God is still there for me that, that if anybody's moved, it's me. He is the stable one. And so I just have to really hold on tight to him when I feel like that, um, he's disappointed in me. It's kind of like when a child does something and they go to their mom and dad and they say, I lied, or I tried to keep this from you. I know you're going to be disappointed in me. And disappointment is such a harsh, strong word. And instead, they said, I know what you've done, and I know that that was not your heart. Let's work through this together. Totally different approach, and that's the approach God has with us. I would never, ever treat my daughters or believe the lies in my mind for my daughters that I believe in my mind for myself. Yeah. 
And I think so many people, for so many reasons, we um, we believe that. We, we buy into that lie that God is disappointed in us, that mm-hmm. somehow we've all failed, we've all sinned, we've all, you know, we have flaws about us. And, and that's not even to say, that's not even getting into things that we struggle with that maybe, you know, things that like illnesses, um, things we struggle with with our health mm-hmm. that are just, reflective of, gosh, we live in a tough, fallen world, um, like mental illness, that's that's a disease. It's not a sin. And and yet we can think that God is, is our, our first thought is, well, God's got to be so disappointed in me. But I think every time we see that in the Bible, God turns around and where we think disappointment, God responds in love. Mm, and exactly. God responds in love for us. You know, he's the, he's the father running to greet the prodigal son. He's the good shepherd leaving the 99 to go look for the the one that's that's out there and missing, you know, in, in, in Jesus' teaching and his actions in every instance, he responds in love. I don't know, and Stacey, I know you and I have really gotten into um, the series The Chosen mm-hmm. and can't wait for uh, episode, or season two to come out. As our listeners, if you've not checked out and seen the, it's a, it's a, Kind of eight part episode for season one's eight episodes about the life and ministry of Jesus. It's about the calling of disciples. It is some of the most incredible, um, just kind of sucks you in television, kind of really professionally done broadcast uh, content about the life and ministry of Jesus. And when you, I, I got to look at your notes before we came in today mm-hmm. and see some of your notes. And as I read some of your thoughts on this question, for some reason, my mind just went to the, it's the first episode of, of The Chosen. Mm-hmm. And it's where Jesus is calling and, and reaching out to uh, Mary Magdalene. And there's a scene in there that it's at the ep- end of episode one. And every time, I've seen it several times now, it just rocks my world every time I see it. Because it's that exact picture of Mary's life is broken. She's struggling. Um, she's at the, you know, she's desperate, and and I think she's thinking this this holy man is going to be so disappointed in her, and yet the 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 actors the the script the writers do such an incredible job of painting this incredible picture of this that Jesus doesn't respond in disappointment he responds in love, and we know that Jesus is you know God in flesh and so he is he's he's demonstrating and showing us God's heart. And so how powerful is that? Um, so if you haven't checked out The Chosen, go check it out. Absolutely. And uh, I think I think you'll uh, hopefully connect with that scene like we do. Stacy, another lie I know that um, that you struggle with and that you jotted down here, and I was looking at your notes, was this one. And when I read this, it can break my heart because I know it's not true, but it's that lie that God can't use you. Mm-hmm. And, and I know so... Talk a little bit about that and, and just what is, how does your, how does that kind of play out in your life with your mind maybe telling you that or screaming that at yourself? I think one of the main reasons why that one's so tricky for me is because so often in our world, whether it be non-Christian or Christian world, we see people who are put together well. We see people who seem to have it all together. And those are the ones who get to, um, be um, making a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's not me. That's not really anybody. Mine can be a little more evident sometimes. Um, 
and uh, all through that 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 sticks okay in everything and it um I'll buy into that for a little while and then I go hold on a minute one second whether you've ever opened a bible or not there are two parts to it an old testament is at the beginning and the new testament is the second half of the bible and in both parts of the bible God uses people men and women who do not have it together they don't have their acts together at all and he, he finds joy and um, example in them because they don't. Mm -hmm. The more I have it together, the less I rely on God. That's just me. That's not everybody. I know, but that's me. That's me just being vulnerable and saying, the more I think I've got it together, the less I rely on the Lord. Maybe some other people can do it differently. But when I look at David in the Bible, he is... Um, crying out to God a lot of the time and asking for forgiveness and asking for God's help. And God uses him in such mighty ways. He becomes a king, um, though he um, has someone murdered. And it's just, man, talk about something that you can binge read. Read about David. Um, he is an unexpected, use, useful guy to the Lord, and he does use him mightily. And then if you go on into the New Testament, Paul, someone who used to kill Christians, his life has changed and God uses him. So it's been a long history of people who do not have it together, who God has made um, to bring people hope. Mm -hmm. And so I think of that a lot. And I can combat that when even though it's so tricky, because I can go in my weakness, God is given the glory. Um, with the book that I've written, it's not a perfectly written book. You can find a lot of books that are on the Christian shelves and on the non-Christian bookshelves. But I'll tell you, it's my heart and soul on those pages. And I did my best. And we just say, God, whatever you want that to look like, you use it for your glory, not our expectations. And then he's led us to this podcast and um, this podcast for me um, and being able to speak and, and speak out about things that hurt me so much because I know I'm not alone is really just the next step um, for God just to say, Stacy, see, I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong every time in a loving way with grace and mercy and say, I've got a plan for your life. You just hang on, be obedient, and let's keep taking it one step after another. But God can't use you. That's a that's a tricky one for me. So I'm thankful for Scripture showing me different. Yeah. The truth is, is that for all these characters in the Bible, the ones we think of that are are weak and the ones we think of that are strong, uh, they're not the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. God's the hero of the story. Right. In every instance, if we really read those stories, we see how God is using incredibly, incredibly flawed people just like us, just like you out there listening, incredibly flawed people. And the reality is, is that if God can use them, he can use us. It's not that they're heroes to live up to. It's, it's, the, it's the encouragement that God can use us if he can use them. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said there, you know, talking about Paul and, and, and hitting on this, this thought. In 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote this. He said, um, you know, he had, he had some struggles. He had some issues. He's praying for God to take those away from him, and yet God responds with this, uh, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power 
is made perfect in weakness. And mm-hmm. I think that was that's really getting into then just what you talked about earlier. And so Paul says, therefore, I'll boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. Mm-hmm. I delight in my weaknesses for when I am weak, then I am strong. Absolutely. There have been times where I thought I was going to get up and know what I was going to say in front of a group of people, whatever size. And right before I've stood up, I've realized, you know what, that may be on my agenda, but that's not what God would want me to say. And when I get up and I'm able to say, you know what, God, I'm feeling really weak and um, not really sure of myself right now. He's like, that's okay. You just need to let me speak through you because it is about him, not about me. And so I can have peace in that. Um, By the same token, when I feel like I speak to you on podcast or and um, on my story on Instagram or just through the books and different things like that, I always pray and say, God, you know my heart. Please just cover over the things that could be confusing for other people to hear um, or that I'm not as clear on because it is about you and the hope being found in you, not only in my story. So I'm really thankful that that can happen. Yeah. Well, the next lie that uh, that is something that I know you have to wrestle with is similar. It's tied to that, but it's that idea of you know this 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 message that could come into your brain and and can scream at you. It says, "Well, what you say doesn't have value. It doesn't matter." Mm-hmm. And it's similar to that. But what are some things and what are some ways you've had to combat that with with big truth to fight against that thought? Gosh, just when I thought the second lie was hard, to me this one might be a little harder. Um, The enemy screams at me all day to be quiet, to shut up, to not talk about my story. That my story, um, there's always somebody who's got it worse. And and that's not our approach is to make it seem like, well, I feel like I have it worse than anybody. No, not at all. I know our path. I know our story. And that's what we stick very close to because it's all we know. Um, for sure, and the Lord in that, um, how he can use it. But something that I wanted to um, refer to in, in a few minutes is a scripture that I'll come to. But what I have to say is a reflection of what God is teaching me and doing in my life. For years, I have used anorexia to talk for me. When I was super, super sick, people would know Um, By the lack of nutrition, my body would show. And um, it's been really hard to start using my words instead of my nutrition showing on my body or not showing on my body, lack of nutrition. And people going, okay, I can tell Stacy's really struggling or suffering because she doesn't have much nutrition on her body right now that shows. Whereas there have been times where I've looked a little more stable. Um, So... Uh, anorexia has been my voice for many years. I can't get around that, but this is something I'm really working on. And, um, often when I've walked away from a conversation, I have said, Stacy, none of that made sense. A matter of fact, you probably confused the person to death, but my heart is not that. Well, and that's really where, if anybody ever wonders, well, where did the name for your blog, for the podcast, Speak Out Loud, mm-hmm. come from? That's really where that name was born out of. Mm-hmm. That idea of you, you've let you know, your eating disorder speak for you, 
but now you're speaking out loud. And, and the tagline for your blog has been, you know, speaking words of hope out of the darkness of depression, anorexia, and self-harm. Yeah. And so, you know, what you do say, and, I, and I'm so glad that you can, can call these truths into mind because as your husband, as your friend, as your podcast co-host, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's down the list of, my, of, our, of our titles with each other, but uh, it's a great title we get to share now. You know, what you do have to say does have value and it does have power and God is using it. God is using it in my life and in many people's lives. And as I as I thought and listened to, to what you were saying there, I thought of this passage from a book. So I I got a, a subscription to Audacity for Christmas, and I've been listening to some audiobooks and trying to get into that routine. And I got to tell you, so I've been listening to an audiobook called All Things New by an author I really enjoy named John Eldridge. And I actually got on Amazon and ordered the hard copy of the book, right? I mean, immediately I hit pause and ordered the hard copy because I wanted the book also as well as the audio version. As soon as I heard this comment he had written, this paragraph, and I want to read it for you. And he has a chapter in there called, When Every Story is Told Rightly. And I think of that for you, Stacy, in the st- when every story is told rightly about your battle with mental illness. And for those that, that maybe are out there listening, when your story is one day told rightly. But this paragraph is why I not only got the audiobook, but I bought the, the, the physical book or whatever you call it, the, the paperback version as well. And he's talking about, um, you know, all things being made new for, for us, you know, one day in eternity. And he says, what about the believer who struggled under mental illness all her life? largely alone and almost completely misunderstood, clinging to her faith like a drowning woman clings to a rock while a broken mind tormented her daily. Should she not step into the kingdom like the queen of an entire country? Indeed, she will. She will probably be granted a position dispensing wisdom and insight that enriches the hearts and minds of her countrymen. Mm-hmm. And as I read that, first when I heard it, and as I read it, um, Stacy, that, that picture was of you. And I think that uh, that's a wonderful truth that says what you have to say in this lifetime and, and your purpose in the kingdom to come, the kingdom to come has great value and it certainly matters. That, when he read that to me, when Doug read that to me about a week and a half, two weeks ago, not only could he not get through it, I could <laughs> yeah. barely read it because yeah. that is so opposite and so different of what I think. I it I have to read it over and over and over again. And it's because I think so lowly of myself so often. I feel like um, some people are like, well, you know, um, hate to compliment so-and-so because that just goes right to their head. Trust me, when I get encouragement, it's like I'm just kind of like I've been in a drought. My, my well is so low mm-hmm. sometimes even after spending time in scripture, which is unusual, it usually fills it right up. But sometimes I'm so low that when I hear something like that, it's almost like when you have a wound and um, nothing is taking care of it. And then um, someone offers you a calming salve or a balm and you put that on it and you're able to take another breath. Mm-hmm. That's what that passage is for me. Yeah. 
that way of thinking. Well, it arrived at the doorstep and I pulled the book out. I think I may have been home for lunch or something. And I, I, I did. I tried, I tried to read it to you twice mm-hmm. and I couldn't even, I couldn't even get the words out. So I just said, here, here's the chapter. You read it yourself. <laughs> and I walked off the door cause I couldn't get through it. So yeah, That's it was, it's powerful. That's the kind of grace powerful. that he has for me it's, though. Well, so. it, it, it certainly struck me. I was, I'm glad I could read it for you today yes. and not get all choked up. Would, and uh, at least as we're doing fine. the podcast. So. That would have been fine. Hey, um, this this next lie it, it breaks my heart because I know that that you wrestle with this, and I know I've heard you. I think you've even said, and just telling your story on the podcast and some of our previous episodes, that you can feel like, man, my mind is just a mistake, mm-hmm. my brain is a mistake, and, and and even as you've written it down here, it just says, you know, I am a mistake. Mm-hmm. So. You know, a lot of us, a lot of people probably um, have felt that way at some time in life. And maybe that, like like what your brain tries to tell you, is something that in the midst of mental illness, in the midst of depression, is just something you're having to fight and wrestle with every day. Um, mm-hmm. So what, you know, talk about that a little bit, Stace, and, and what that's like for you and also how you push back on that. This is where the rubber hits the road for me. When I don't believe that I'm supposed to be here, a lot of things start to transpire in my mind and in my life. Mm-hmm. So when I believe that um, I'm a mistake, I have to turn that around real fast. And for those of you listening, some of you um, are Christians. Some of you have a personal relationship with God and some of you do not because you may never have heard of that. Maybe you've never chosen that because you don't understand or maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. And we will, I promise, address that off and on throughout the entire um, history of our podcast. But whether you are a fan of God, whether you know him or not, there is a direct scripture to this that please don't tune me out on before you hear it because this is the answer. Um, Something that a lot of people don't know is that I taught English and reading um, before the girls were born. And one of the reasons I did is because I struggled to read out loud. And I wrote a book and I read the book out loud at different things that I speak at. But it is one of my biggest weaknesses. So if you will, please bear with me as I try to read just a few little verses to you that happened to change my life. And they come from Psalm 139, 13. It says, For you have created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before um, one of them came to be. I was made on purpose for a purpose, for his purpose, and so were you. And I want you to hear me on that because we walk around in this big world and we think, what what, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I want to ask you today, if you'll just tone that back a little bit and just go, God, would you help me take the next step and trust him to do that and then take the next step and trust him to do that and so on. Let's just keep it simple, especially if this is a new concept or new thought for you, because this has saved my life. 
mm-hmm. these scriptures have. That no matter what kind of family you were born into, no matter the distress, stress, joy, whatever it looked like for you when you were born into a family, this covers it. Because I'm not a mistake because the God of the universe made me on purpose. No one else looks like me. No one else um, has the same characteristics or qualities exactly like mine. And that goes the same for you. And I really know that for some of you, that's very basic. And for some of you, that is earth shattering, like it has been for me. I am not a mistake. You are not a mistake. And we're going to continue in this podcast to prove that to you. Yeah. Another thing, Stacy, that um, I know you can struggle with is this idea of being a burden. It's this lie of like, I'm a burden to somebody else. Or I'm a burden to my friends. I'm a burden to others. Because at times maybe they have to help you understand or because you feel like, well, I'm not, my mind isn't working right. I'm not thinking right. I'm not understanding this correctly. So how do you, you know, deal with that one? And what are some, what are some truths maybe that have really helped you push back on, on that lie? I think this one really comes out with my anorexia more than not only my depression and anxiety and temptations towards self-harm. Um, when I go to eat with a friend, say we go grab um, Chick-fil-A or um, whatever, and we're sitting there and I become overwhelmed with the amount of food, even though it's the amount someone else might be eating at a regular pace, I can take a little longer because my mind is screaming to me the whole time to not eat the food at all and to be ashamed because I don't deserve the food. That's the mental dysmorphia that anorexia has really messed with me about. Another facet, though, however, is that um, some have found me to be too much. Would they say it like that? Probably not, but they have left our lives for for those reasons. Um, they, I'm not upset with them. I perhaps miss them, but I'm not angry because I know that if I can verbalize what's going on in my mind, that for some people that is more than they can handle or want to take on. And I understand that. And I um, I battle with it because I'm embarrassed of that. But at the same time, I really try to just push on and just go, well, let's focus on the people who have stayed. Mm-hmm. And um, God has surrounded me with both family and friends. Um that have never called me too much or a burden. Um, Yes, we all get tired of this process. We get weary. It's hard. But there are people in my life that are committed to this process for me to live as long as God wants me to live. And me not take that into my own hands at any point. Because when I do that, I do lose. I lose time. I lose my footing and I don't want to go any further back than that. Yeah. Well, I think in so many of these truths, they all they all kind of weave together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of the things you've shared, I think certainly apply and push back on this too. But I think as you say that, I was just thinking the, the root of truth that that pushes back against this lie, Stacy, is that you are worthy of love. You're worthy of um, those of you that struggle with mental illness, whatever your situation, 
you are worthy of love. And the reality is, is that God loves you and that God cares for you. And God paid the ultimate price for each of us. Mm -hmm. He gave up his son. He did not hold back his son even, but gave him up for us that we might be able to know him, have redemption, um, experience new life and experience eternal life. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, what's the old saying, you know, what's something worth? It's the price somebody's willing to pay for it. Well, God gave everything he had for you. He gave everything he had for me, for, for every one of you listening. Mm -hmm. And so right here, the, the, probably the summation of those truths is just simply, Stacy, you're worthy of love Mm -hmm. and it's, and, and you're not a burden and it's, and it's not what somebody else even says, though we certainly have a responsibility to demonstrate that to you, but it's also ultimately what God says mm-hmm. and what God has done, what God has demonstrated. Well, Stacy, the the last uh, the last lie that we're going to talk about uh, on this podcast. I know there's probably others that that you have to fight with and push back on, but but I think this last one's a big one, mm-hmm. and it's a big one because, as you've said. Um, you really can't escape mental illness. I mean, it's chronic for you. Um, when you go on vacation, your mind goes, and it can just feel like you're running a marathon, but that marathon doesn't have an ending point. And so the lie that that I know you have to fight against is just to say, well, just give up. Yeah. Just, just give up. And so what are some truths or what are some ways you push back on that lie um, to not, so that you don't give up, so that you mm-hmm. keep fighting, you keep pressing forward. The biggest trap for me in this one is that I can try to think like others think sometimes and think that I know how they feel about me. And I'm such a relational person. I love fellowshipping with other people. I love people. And so when I think that I have left a conversation and it has not gone well, I plummet. Really quickly. Um, this is where as kind of a gateway is to when a lot of self-harm happens for me. When I feel misunderstood or when I feel like a person feels like I have not encouraged them or um, that I maybe have hurt them with something I've said. I don't do well with that at all. Um, also... Um, in with this, I've had to make a daily commitment to not give up and um, to know that if I will just take one step and then the next, that God will show me that day, that morning, that afternoon, that evening, exactly why I am here. It may not be anything monumental. It may be me answering a text or picking up the phone. Um, it, it can be um, making eye contact with somebody at the store. It can be those things. Um but the, the, where the rubber hits the road on this one is, is that Satan hates you and he hates me. And when we start to believe anything other than that we were supposed to, we are supposed to be here because God put us here, we're in dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. And so what I really try to do is um, realize that I cannot stand up against the enemy myself because he hates me so bad. And the more I speak out about God saving my life and giving me hope in the journey of mental illness, the more the enemy hates me. And so he just stays on my heels all the time, it feels like. But that brings me to something that I've mentioned several times in podcast in these podcasts. And it's something that is so small 
but yet so monumental in its impact in my life because it's, again, scripture. My verse is, I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. And when I agree with that verse and say that is a true verse, it is for you as it is for me, then I'm making a commitment because God created me for a purpose, his purpose, and doesn't mess up. He, I'm not a mistake. He didn't mess up, so I don't need to be anywhere but here. Honestly, there are days that I do give up, and um, I don't talk about that very much because those are days where I just um, isolate, don't communicate, don't feel like I have a lot of hope, um, and... Those are the days that I do really get close to failing. But I have to remember that every single morning, Scripture tells us that every single morning is new and great is His faithfulness. And so the nights are so dark sometimes and the days can be so dark. But if I will just breathe and keep giving myself to the Lord, then the next day when I, the, when I wake up, His mercies are there waiting for me. And I can start all over again as if the day before didn't happen. And so that leads to my verse. Um, I will not die but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. And as much as sometimes I am so conflicted about that being my verse, it's what keeps me here. Because it's a commitment to saying I will not die. Now if the Lord wants to take me, that he's the one who made me. But it's not for me to do. And um, so that's been my commitment to not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. And that's hopefully what we've been able to do through this podcast is speak into your life and give you that hope to make it another day and then another day and another day without um, without not being able to answer, why am I here? Well, you're here for a mighty big purpose because God made you. Well, that's that antidote. That's the antidote to giving up is hope. And that's the purpose of our podcast. As you said, Stacey, I mean, we're, we're doing this to uh, give hope, to encourage those that struggle with mental health and to those who love and support them. And uh, we're not therapists, we're not counselors, but I think out of our story, um, Stacey, I love what you've been able to share today and just shed some light on and be vulnerable about that, man, these are things that, these are just lies and we all, and probably we all have to wrestle with lies and negative self-talk. Sure, sure. But, but man, these things are just powerful voices that you have to deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and nothing but big, powerful truth could push back and shut the door on those lies when they're trying to barge into your life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just appreciate what you've had to share, your, your openness about it. It's not easy to talk about and be open about. So... Thank you for sharing that with me, helping me understand that better, but also with our listeners today. Sure. You know, in closing, one thing, and I love this verse, and it's it's really at the end of a very long story in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 50. And in Genesis chapter 50, 20, if you know the story of Joseph the patriarch, he's gone through a lot of ups and downs. He His brothers sold him into slavery. He then went from slavery to prison, but then he went from prison to kind of the the second in charge of all of Egypt, and all of these things happened. He had a chance to get back of his brothers, 
And here at that moment, you know, later in life, he has this comment to say after years of hardship and struggle, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And I hold on to that verse for you, for us, Stacy, in that what has meant to harm you, what is very real and very tough and, and very much a chronic daily battle and mental mm-hmm. illness you have to fight, even in the midst of that, the hope is that God has purpose. As you've said, he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your story. Um, mm-hmm. When all stories are told rightly, this story is a story of hope. Yeah. And that's what helps us not give up. Mm-hmm. Even on those days, I know when we feel like it, when you feel like it. Hey, we are so glad uh, you have joined us for this episode. Uh, we want to invite you back. We have some some special episodes coming up. We have some special interviews we can't wait to share with you. Next week, you know, several weeks ago, we were able to talk through um, in depth about Stacy's kind of in her battle with depression and what that's like. And I know for many of you that really connected, and we've heard from a lot of you how how helpful that was, I think, both for those of you that love someone with depression as well as those of you that struggle yourself. And so we're going to do something similar to that and we're going to talk about anxiety. And I know that that's something, Stacey, you wrestle with. I think uh, many of you may wrestle with that. Um, and particularly this through the, this last year of the pandemic, just I think anxiety-related issues and illnesses have just ramped up like never before. Yeah. So we're going to do a deep dive into that and talk through it and um, look forward, Stacey, to hearing some of your realities, but also some more of these big truths that, mm-hmm. that help you deal with that and push back on that. So thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Hey, we hope that you will uh, follow, like, uh, share. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a, a rating, write a review. Those things all help us make sure the Speak Out Loud podcast is reaching more and more people, more and more people that need a message of hope to not give up no matter what battle they're facing. That's right. And so that's what we're here for, and and you can help us do that. But until then, uh, Hmm. I guess the message for us right now this next week is to stay warm (laughs) and uh, survive uh, the the winter geddon that's about to happen. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. God bless you all.